Thank you for tuning in to the 9 to 5 to Rich audio blog. This is Josh Joshua Esters back again with another episode. So a couple of weeks ago, I dropped the anniversary episode. Um, Haven't gotten any feedback on it yet. Still waiting for some feedback just to see if there was uh, anything that I need to clear up or, you know, if there's any questions or anything like that. But uh, feel free to hit me up anytime about the anniversary episode. So uh, this episode is actually kind of the opposite um, because where I left off uh, on the last episode, I'm going to get into, you know, where things went um, pretty much where where I left off um, talking about talking about, you know, I talked about basically up until uh, May, June uh, you know, around there, 2019. And, you know, because June, that's when the, the, the first year ended, right? So um, let's get into the second year. Uh, my start on the second year, um, and, you know, if it's your first time listening, I'm pretty much saying, you know, my year, not the actual calendar year, but my personal year, um, you know, going full-time with... Amazon or e-commerce rather. So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, it, 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 it hasn't been great, you know, and that's just the honest truth. Um, part of the reason why I, I fell off podcasting is because I needed to, you know, focus on my business, focus on my life and, um, you know, just not really in the right headspace, you know, to, to record and, and, you know, and that's actually something new to me. You know, everybody goes through things. Right. And um, and even though you go through things, you still do the things you have to do. So uh, being that it was a podcast, it's not something that I have to do. So I'm learning how to, I guess, manage um, uh, manage things, because, I mean, you know, I, I still want to continue uh, the podcast and uh, I want to grow the podcast and things like that. Um, but I can't, the way I, I can't think of it as, oh, you know, when life is great, I'm going to keep record, you know, I, I'm going to record when life is great. You know, I have to manage, uh, just basically my time and my, my, my life in a way where if I want to continue the podcast, just continue regardless of what's going on in my personal world. So that's something new that I'm learning. Um, you know, so uh, it's, it's been definitely a challenge. Um, it's been definitely a challenge. So, uh, you know, after I lost my, um, my, my large wholesale account back in, um, by around June, May, um, I, it, 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 the things just plummeted, you know, after those last two failures that I had. So the, the loss of the wholesale account and then the loss of the, uh, and then, the, and, and, and also the, uh, the cease and desist letter from selling the things I was selling. Those were major parts of my business and they were just taken away, you know? Um, and that's the name of the game. You know, that's, that's the risk. That's part of the risk. Uh, if you're going to be doing things the way I was doing them. Right. And in the way, in the way I'm, in the way I was doing it is not uncommon. It says it's almost like that's the way almost everyone, uh, is doing, is doing it in terms of the wholesale model or the arbitrage model as well. 
Um, what we do is we, you know, we find products, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily ask brands permission to sell stuff. The only thing that we usually do, or, or at least what, what we've been taught to do, whether you've seen it on YouTube or if you took in a course or anything like that, how the, uh, the industry has, has kind of, um, taught us is, you know, you just get, you get ungated, you know, by any, by any means necessary, whatever it is. Not by any means necessary. Nothing black hat, but you know, get ungated. The only thing stopping you is the is the gate. Is the is the gate that Amazon puts right. So a lot of times, we, you know, we try to sell things that you know brands don't. Um, you know, they they may have they they may not like us selling on Amazon or other platforms, and we go and sell them anyway. That's just how it's taught to us. You know, uh, you know, and when I, when I say that, it's, it's not like an organized conspiracy kind of thing. It's just kind of organically. That's how the information on how to do what what I do uh, has been presented. You know, it, it, you know, that's just how it's been presented. You just find something you put on Amazon. If you're gated, find a way to get ungated. And that's it. You know, um, but there is a lot of talk about uh, something like exclusives. In terms of wholesale, getting like an exclusive deal where, you know, you have a agreement with a brand that, you know, you're one or one of a few or one of many, you know, but the 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 main thing is there's an underlying agreement that you can sell on uh, e-commerce platforms. Um, so, you know. And, 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 and that's not the case. That doesn't happen as often as we like it. That's actually a, a, a perfect scenario or an ideal scenario, not necessarily a perfect scenario, because I have uh, I have an account where I can sell on Amazon, you know, and the brand, you know, the, the brand has a wholesale account. I, the brand knows I, I do it and they're cool with it. And and uh, but the only problem is there's they 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 give that same authorization to lots of other sellers. So what happens is, you know, prices drop, margins are lower, uh, even though sales are high, sales per seller is low. Um, so, you know, it's not always the best situation. The best situation, I guess the perfect situation is if it's just you, the seller and the brand owner. And um, and that's the only relationship that you know, exists as far as e-commerce. That's the most ideal situation. That's not going to always happen. It's OK if there's like a few sellers it's all relative and there's other factors that go into um, uh, determining if that's a good scenario. Um, but anyway, so that's pretty much what the game I was playing was, you know, yes, I was, you know, getting wholesale accounts and many of them, you know, don't care if you sell on Amazon or not, they'll sell to anyone. Uh, those accounts are not the best accounts. You have to, um, there's a few tricks that, you know, I was able to deploy. I learned just by, you know, being on Amazon and, and, um, and there's just a few tricks that I've, 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 I've learned and came across that, that I won't really get into right now, but, um, it, it's, it's, it's not the best situation, but there's always a way to work it. it was, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. There's a way to work it. It's going to require work. It's going to require capital, and it may not have the best long-term. Um, it's not. It may not have the best long-term play, but in the short term, it may work out. You know. Um, and then, 
you know, that's, that's, and then you have, uh, like I had, you know, uh, I had a, uh, an account and the sales rep was kind of just, you know, she was, her intentions were good, but she was just kind of, you know, helping herself and also helping me. I was kind of just selling just few units or what I, or what she thought would be few units on e-commerce and, you know, uh, uh, on e-commerce platforms, Amazon to be exact. And even, even though she wasn't, even though that's against what they were trying to do, against the direction they were trying to go, you know, but, um, so that deal crumbled and obviously the cease and desist, which happens all the time, you know, with sellers, you know, these companies don't want you selling Amazon. They'll they possibly, they, they somehow can send you a, a cease and desist letter. Um, and, and, and all of that, the, 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 the underlying problem is, um, you as a seller, if, if you're in those situations and a lot of times you can be, if you, you know, if you, if you, you know, go that direction as far as wholesale or arbitrage, you know, you're going to end up in those situations. That's a common thing, but it's very frustrating. You know, it's very frustrating because I, uh, you know, put a lot of time and a lot of, you know, capital and put up a lot of risk doing these things. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's not a long-term play, right? So if you're, you know, it's what you do on the side, you're trying to make an extra hundred, five hundred thousand, two thousand dollars a month, and it's your side money. You know, it's not your main thing. It, it may play out for you, you know. But if you're trying to build something, it's it's not a long term play. And that's where I got really frustrated. I'm just like, this does not make sense. That when I when I lost that last account, I realized like everything that I've done and been doing. Uh, does not make sense in a long term through a long term lens. Like it just doesn't make sense. You know the information on YouTube, the courses that I've took, the people that I've listened to, the Facebook groups that I'm in. I just kind of shut all of that off, and because it, it, it doesn't make any business sense to me anymore. It, it makes zero business sense. Um, there's a few. There's a few people that I still listen to. Uh, you know, where the content is a little bit different, but mostly what the, what the masses are learning about selling on Amazon does not make any sense. You know, if you're talking about wholesale and arbitrage, I can't speak for private label. That's not my, that's not my ball game, but mostly the stuff that just does not make business sense to do my personal opinion, you know, but it may make sense if you see you're, you know, you're side hustling and, and um, you know, it's just what you do on the side. No big deal. Short term play. But it doesn't make sense if you want to build a business. OK, um, so I my numbers dropped significantly uh, from June to about September. I was averaging between six and $10,000 in sales. So I was still making things happen, but the money wasn't really coming in. The profits wasn't really coming in like that. Um, so it, it, it took a huge hit on me um, in terms of my ability, my, my ability to either grow or even just like make money. You know, I really struggled because... 
it's not you can't really you can't really duplicate right you can't really duplicate the the different successes that I had like you know with the closeout I can't really duplicate that that's not something I can oh let me go out tomorrow and do that again it's something that happened happenstance because I was you know I was in it right so you know um I guess the best way I could describe it is not the best way but the best way I can kind of maybe give a meta- metaphor is like, uh, you know, what, what people say about luck, right? So um, they say something like what luck, you know, if, you, if you're prepared, you get lucky or something like that. Only luck only waits for the prepared or something like that, right? So if you're, if you're prepared, if you're in the game, you're going to get lucky if you're in the game. So it's not really luck, you know, it's just you being in the game. So me being in the game, certain things happened, and I executed on certain opportunities. Some were great, some were bad. All right, but the problem that I that I ran into is it's not what I was doing was not scalable, uh, scalable or scalable, however you said. So I couldn't really grow doing those things, and I also couldn't really kind of foresee where things would go. So I was just kind of like just hustling and hustling and hustling. And I hustle every day, but it's a different kind of hustle. It's like you hustle really not really knowing what, what you're really hustling for. If that makes sense. Or you're hustling and not really knowing and not really hustling and not really building anything, you know, uh, hustling and, and, and not being able to, I guess here's how I best way I would describe it. Hustling with a ceiling. Now we hear about hustle, and hustle is like, you know, you, you hustle in your business. There's, there's no ceiling in entrepreneurship. That's what they say, right? But there actually is. There's a ceiling in entrepreneurship if what you're doing is not scalable, if what you're doing is not long term, and if what you're doing is everything in the business. So if you're not hiring people, or if you're not getting VAs or anything like that, it's it's not scalable, you know. Uh, so you're just hustling at the, the, uh, the hustling with the ceiling. So that got me really frustrated when I started realizing these things. Like, okay, this this thing is, and it's funny because you know my journey is an Amazon FBA journey, but my Amazon FBA journey, ironically, is taking me off Amazon. And how why why I say that is because. Um, I, I no longer feel comfortable or I, I no longer think it makes sense to run my business and not really know what the hell is going on. Here's an example. So I can, you know, open up a hundred wholesale accounts, which I already have hundreds and hundreds of wholesale accounts already. Right. I can look at a product and I can say, oh, that, you know, great, great sales rank, lots of sales. There's no, uh, there's, there's two or three FBA sellers already. Uh, let me go ahead and buy that. So I'll go ahead and buy it. And then, you know, I go ahead and buy it and I send it to FBA, you know, which can take time. Sometimes it takes, you know, a couple of days to, I've had shipments take a week or two. Okay. And then once it gets to, FBA, 
You know, they make it available or they send it to a different warehouse or whatever they or, or, or they make it available or they send it to a different warehouse. Now, in the case where they send it to a different warehouse from where I shipped it already, my my products are on Amazon, but they aren't available. OK, so sometimes when they're not available, you know, depending on what's going on with the buyer's uh, behavior, they may or name, they may or may not purchase that item because it takes a little it is it, it'll say um, if it's not available, but it's, you know, in the FBA system, but it's being transferred to different warehouses. It'll be available, but there'll be a, it's not prime anymore because it's going to take longer because it's, it's being shipped around. Right. But what, I'm, what I, the point that I'm trying to make is when that happens, uh, when it finally does become available or when it just hits FBA and it's not available, either way, price, the price could be different. You know, it could, it, more than likely it's going to be lower, more than likely. More sellers are on the listing. Right. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm making buying decisions. I'm making business decisions and not really knowing what the market is doing. Like, period, point blank, period. That does not make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me because I could spend, you know, hours and hours and hours, you know, uh, with a supplier looking at their products. I get a thousand dollar order ready, expecting uh, maybe a three, four hundred dollar profit. But when I when I finally ship it out, I end up with a two hundred dollar profit because prices went down. I don't want, you know, excessive storage fees. So I'm, I'm lowering my price. And, and now people can say, oh, you can get a repricer. I've never used a repricer before and I don't plan on it, um, especially, you know, in the direction that I'm going now. I don't, I don't I'm not going to use a repricer, period. But I am aware, yeah, sometimes price, like you can have a different price than the buy box price and you can still get a sale. I understand that. But um, I can't, and, and, and that goes back to what I'm saying, I can't rely on that because I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm, I'm expecting an algorithm to, an algorithm that I don't understand, that no one understands because Amazon is not going to tell you what their algorithm is or how it works. So I'm expecting an algorithm, even if I don't lower my price, I can keep it where it is and not compete on price, I can, um, you know, hope that hope, and that's the only word I can use because the only thing I can do is hope that the algorithm can, you know, um, get me a sale if my price is above the buy box price, you know, so I can get my expected margin. But I can't operate my business on hope. I can't operate my business on not really knowing if there's going to be 5, 10, 20 other sellers on the listing. I can't operate my entire business on that. Now, some of my business, sure, but my entire business, that does not make business sense. Because if I'm at scale, if my entire business is like that, there's just complete, total fluctuation in what I'm expecting to get and what I actually get in terms of profit. And that doesn't make sense. And then not only that, you know, prices tank all the time because, you know, there's other sellers out there who have different needs than me. They may have a bigger operation. They can take lower margins for one. Like companies, these, these, these Amazon businesses that are very large that you're, you're competing with, people with these $200,000 uh, 200, customer reviews or 50,000 customer reviews, they have a different business need than you. Right. They have employees and things like that. So they're OK with taking a 10 percent margin. But you 
or me in this case, I budgeted for a 30% margin when I first saw the product, and that's what I was able to get. But this new big seller who probably was sold the product before, who wasn't on the listing when I looked at it, is eventually on the listing. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna tank the price. Okay. But anyways, what I'm saying is I can't operate my business entirely on that, right? So, like I said, I'm not against doing retail arbitrage. I'm not against doing uh, um, straight, uh, I, I call it straight wholesale. Straight wholesale is when you're just buying things from suppliers. You know, they don't care if you sell on Amazon or not. You put on Amazon, there's no price restrictions or anything like that. Everybody's, everybody's out for themselves. That's straight wholesale. You know, the exclusive stuff, that's ideal situation where the brand tells you, yo, you need to sell at this price and you can't go below this price because we're, we're that's not, we don't go below this price. And, uh, and that's the only price you sell it or higher, you know, if you can, get, if you can get more, but they're, they're going to tell you that you can't sell it below this price. It's called minimum, minimum advertised pricing. So companies like that who only let a few Amazon sellers in and then give them map pricing, there's no competition. You're not competing with anyone, you know, you're not competing with anyone. You know, that's, that's an ideal situation. But anyways, so I'm entirely moving off wholesale, straight wholesale. Okay. Not saying I would never do it again because there's, there's, um, there's a few companies that I do straight wholesale that I will continue to do straight wholesale with because they, they, they don't have a lot of Amazon sellers or I'm, ab- you know, I'm able to find my little niches within their products and I, and I know what to do with them and so on and so forth. Right? But my entire business can be operated like that. It's, 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 too, it's too up and down and at the end of the day, you don't have control. You don't have control. If you're an Amazon seller, you and that's all you are, you know, and then you're 100% Amazon and that's all you want to do, all you want to think about, you're not in control. They they own the customers. Amazon owns the customers. You know, they can kick you off whenever they want to. And they've have done that to many people or they could suspend listings. They could do all kinds of things that can ruin your business. And if your entire business is on Amazon, um, and you know, you, you can, you're very vulnerable. Your business is very vulnerable. I don't want a vulnerable business. I'm here to get rich. And then once I get rich, I'm going to, I'm going to get wealthy. Okay. So, um, so rich people control things, real rich people, they control things. I'm going to jump back on the control thing later on. I want to get back to my story. Um, so those months that I, um, and, it, and you know, uh, those months that I weren't, I wasn't recording. I was going through a lot of troubles in my business, just a lot of problems, you know, um, um, just a lot of problems in business and a lot of problems in my life, you know, just just uh, you know, uh, just struggling all the way around, and it 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 got me to a place where it's like, got me really thinking. About long term, because I wasn't really thinking about long term before, per se. You know, I had to get out there and go, just go, 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 go. And then when you're going, 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 you're not really thinking. You're just going. You know, I was hustling, and hustling. You know, not knowing there was a ceiling in what I was doing, and not really thinking about the future. So I had problems in my business. You know, problems in my. I had lot had uh, lots of marital, marital problems, you know, with, with my wife, um, you know, struggling with the kids. Um, just everything was just a struggle, you know. Literally everything in my life 
was a struggle. And the struggle still continues. Um, but it has some major blows in every aspect of my life. And, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and and it, it really affected me emotionally and psychologically. And also, obviously, the business. And, and the business is how you know, I bring money in. And, and money wasn't really coming in the way I needed it to come in, you know. All my bills still paid, you know, still able to do that. But in, um, in when was this? Maybe September? In September, I, you know, because I already had my Q4 plan. I already knew, had a general idea of what I was going to do. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> um, I already had a general idea of what I was going to do on Q4. So I was working on that in August. You know, August, I was getting things set up, you know, getting some more credit lines. And cause I, I already knew what I was going to do. I already knew where I was going to spend my money mostly. And, um, and yeah, so, you know, getting all that stuff ready in August, you know, getting more credit lines, like I said. And then what happened is um, August of September, um, August, August of September and October were like my worst months ever, you know. Um, I think even in like October or even, I think it was August, maybe, you know, I turned 30, I turned 30 in August, had a great birthday. Um, uh, either August or September was like my worst month ever. You know, I think I lost money. I think I lost, uh, I lost me about a hundred bucks. You know, it, it wasn't too bad, but I didn't make any money, which was a huge problem. You know, I, I can't not make money. Like, like I can't. And especially when, uh, the previous four months have not been as successful. So I was using like a lot of my, you know, I had like excess profits, I guess you could say. Excess profits, whatever, you know, if that's, if that's a word, if that's a term. And that was helping me through, you know, the um, helping me through the downturns um, of those months. You know, I just had, you know, I wasn't making like a ton of money. I was probably making like maybe like two, twenty five hundred. Uh, maybe uh, the profit and maybe like two grand and maybe three grand here and there. Um, and, and then, you know, maybe a thousand, thousand in profit and maybe one month, I think. But that helped me get through those months. Uh, but like, uh, like, I think it was August, September, like I said, was my worst months, either August or September or, or September, October. But either way, I, you know, and, I, and I'm like, you know, bleeding my eyes out for opportunity. You know, like I'm like, you know, taking everything that I've learned in wholesale and trying to apply it to get my business back up, you know, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Um, so I struggled a whole lot, you know, I mean, I'm talking, you know, pulling all nighters, all these different kind of things to find that opportunity again. Or just the, the right opportunity. But like I said, I wasn't, I knew what I wasn't going to do. I wasn't going to just throw money out there, especially you know, on credit cards and all, on credit cards or, um, and, and not really do the thing I was explaining earlier in terms of just throwing money out there and not really knowing what's going to happen because I don't know what other sellers are doing. I don't know how low of a profit they're willing to take. Um, and so on and so forth. And, you know, it's, it's a uh, wholesale, wholesale is a lot more complicated uh, when you're trying to do it at scale, 
because you're, uh, um, or in my case, I was, you know, like I said, I have lots of wholesale customer, wholesale uh, clients. Um, And, you know, each one operates differently, different minimum orders. And then you also got to, you know, uh, keep in mind like the shipping cost, like the shipping cost can really eat into your profit. And there's a certain way you do it. You know, you want to make sure you get like master cartons of things uh, to make it to make the shipping easier. Or if you're able to get ship uh, ship on a pallet. Uh, when I say easier, I meant um, lower cost. Uh, you want to ship in master cartons. Um, and then, um, and, and then you know, if you're able to ship a, a, enough product, if you're able to buy enough product from that company where they can ship on a pallet it's even more cheaper um you know because uh you know on a per on a per item basis but it gets a little more complicated because you have to think about those things because you know the shipping cost can eat into your profit and each company has different you know shipping costs you know depending on where they are located in the states uh from you and also depending on, you know, because um, sometimes some co- some companies, they have like, a, you know, shipping is going to be 20 percent of your order, regardless of what the actual shipping cost is. They just they just take 20 percent off the top of your uh, uh, of your shipping order of your of your purchase. Right. So but anyways, like, you know, you, you got to figure it out. You got to sometimes see if uh, buying a few of something is worth it or if it, is it worth buying a lot of something and and that could take time to figure out because you know you're you're uh you know going through their catalog to see if you know if you're in a case where if you're in a situation where it's like the more you buy the better the shipping will be if you're in that case you got to go through all of their you know catalog and try to find stuff and you know and if you don't find anything you spent like four hours you know that's gone right um, so a lot of, t- there's a lot of time that gets allocated to that and, and sure there's people out there who outsource that kind of thing, but I just felt like, you know, the buying, you know, the buying decisions, I'm not going to outsource that. I mean, like, like that sounds ridiculous, you know, um, it's not like I've been doing this for years and I know exactly what I'm doing. Uh, I just have my process and I have to follow my process and only I can do my process and only I'm going to trust me with the process. So, um, you know, it's, it, you know, it's, it's my money. You know, I can't outsource my money, uh, how I make my money. Not, not, not in that aspect. I can outsource other things and I have outsourced other things. Um, so, so, so during this time was like a really dark period for me, you know, in my marriage, with my family, my kids, you know, my business. It just like, Every important aspect has just been a, 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 a struggle, right? Um, but I, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm going to be an entrepreneur, and that's and I and I have to entrepreneur. I have to entrepreneur, so I have to figure things out. So one of the bright things, you know, like I said, that was a dark period. One of the bright things that I was. Um, in terms of business, you know, one of the bright things that was a, a, a little dot, little little shiny star, you know, in the in 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 the midst of chaos, um, that you know started shining a little brighter and brighter as times went on was me selling on other platforms, right? Um, in 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 this particular case, selling on eBay, and you know, and these are, these are things I kind of talked about a little bit earlier podcasts, uh, and I just had a very 
very bad situation happened with that. Uh, the day I record, the day I recorded my last podcast, um, I couldn't access my file that I keep track of all my sales and profit and expenses for my other platforms. So that's eBay, Poshmark, Macari. Um, eBay, Poshmark, and Macari. Yeah, that's it. So I, I track my sales in the Excel spreadsheet. I track my sales and profit in the spreadsheet. Um, something was happening with my computer, and then the file got corrupted, and I can't. I tried to. I tried to get a service to to help me help me uncorrupt it, and then I gave it to them. They said it's too cor- too corrupted, and I it, and it can't fix it. So. Um, all of my sales for the entire year, I started selling on Poshmark, eBay and, um, Macari in February, you know, in all of my, my profits, sales, all my data for the most part is gone. Now Poshmark does have something where they, they'll send me like a file. It'll tell me like, um, my sales and my, and my fees that I paid. So, uh, it'll give me, give me my earnings from their perspective. So earnings from their perspective is sales price minus uh, uh, selling fee, you know. Um, and I don't. I, I hope, but I don't know. I hope they can give me, uh, you know, the the taxes I I paid on each each sale because on each sale you're gonna pay taxes, you know, depending on what state the buyer is in and all that kind of stuff on Poshmark. Um, so I have to look into that more. Macari, they don't have anything on their website that tells me they can do that, but I can reach out to them and hopefully they can give me my numbers. But the only the only problem, the only tedious part would be is I got to go through the cost of goods of everything, you know. And I've sold, uh, you know, so far on Poshmark, I've sold about two hundred items. Most of that was done in the last couple of months. Uh, 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 Macari, excuse me, Macari. I have sold about two, I had about two hundred sales. Poshmark, I have like over, know, like a hundred thirty sales. And eBay, uh, I don't know because it's a lot. Um, uh, more more on eBay than anywhere else. But um, so my data is gone up until December, uh, no, late November. And, um, you know, I, I guess I, did, I didn't have it backed up. I, I didn't really think to have my files backed up. But that's a whole different topic. But now I know I need to start backing up my stuff, make sure my stuff is being backed up. Or uh, and there's, other, there's some other things I, I, I could do to prevent the file from being damaged. But um, that I didn't nev- never even thought about that before. You know, I wasn't thinking about that. You know, I'm not you know, I'm not from IT or anything like that. I wasn't thinking about that. So now I learned, learned my lesson, you know, real, real hard lesson. But that's how you do it. You, you, you do it and then you learn. You do it and you make, you, you have a failure and then you learn. But, but my, uh, going back to this small shiny star that was happening upon me um, is I discovered a brand. Um, now, during this dark phase, one of the things, like I said, I was very frustrated about these, the model that I was following, the business model, like, like I don't have any control over my business. Amazon, you know, they can do all kinds of crazy stuff to my listings. They can damage my products, and and, and all of those things have happened to me before, where they suspended my listings or took them off or damaged many of my products. When they got the FBA, lost a lot of my products. 
um, and, you know, sellers jumping on. I don't know what's going on because they have so many products. Uh, they have so many units uh, and they're lowering their prices. All those things really like really fucked with me um, because I'm like, this is not a business. Like this is not a, I'm, I don't have shit. I don't have nothing. I don't have a business. Like I don't, you know, like I don't, you know, um, but the beauty was I was, I was, while I was looking for like different wholesale accounts and things like, things like that, I started to, and it's never crossed my mind before, I started to question, you know, um, and, and, and I'm really starting to understand and believe and pay attention to, you know, how the questions you ask are going to dictate your future. It's not what you know. It's, 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 ne- it's, it's not that anymore. We're not there in the industrial age anymore, obviously, where it's what you know gets you to the future or gets you to a better life. It's the questions you ask. It's the questions you ask. So the question I was asking myself was very simple, too. Okay, if I can... So this item sells on Amazon. Can it sell anywhere else? That was it. Can this product, while I'm looking for products, can this product be sold somewhere else besides Amazon? Okay. Um, And then I came across a brand that I was doing a little bit of business with because I saw some sales on Amazon. eBay. I started looking at eBay. I was like, okay, well, you know, these things on eBay and eBay, it was a, it was a little bit choppy. You know, it, eBay is is a different beast in and of itself in terms of data, in terms of the whole thing, you know, how, how you find data and all that kind of stuff. So I was seeing things, not really understanding all of it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to sell on both eBay and Amazon. And I also saw some sales on Poshmark, but I wasn't really, um, wasn't really, wasn't really big on Poshmark yet. Uh, in terms of, con- I wasn't really a, a believer, a believer in Poshmark, I guess you could say. Um, and, but I wanted to focus on eBay. So bought some stuff, sold them on eBay, you know, and I'm, I'm in really great margins, really great margins. Um, and I, I, I've also done this with some other brands, some other products that were not successful. So my first attempt at this, this was not what I'm telling you now where I found some, some success. My first attempt was a utter failure. Um, I found some products that the, the supplier, the, the wholesaler or supplier told me I couldn't sell on Amazon. I said, fine. I said, okay, well, I'll try to sell on eBay and, um, and Macari. I was going to sell on eBay and Macari, and I tried to do that, and there was crickets. Okay, so no sales, at least right away. But when I, when I did get sales, I didn't really understand, like, the shipping and how much, how much that was going to be and all that, that kind of thing in terms of shipping. So I lost money because uh, the cost of shipping ate into my margins. So I was like, I, I just couldn't understand how other sellers were selling the same product for lower price and getting, and they were just consistently selling at that. 
So I, even if I wrote, I raised my price higher than the people who I saw on eBay selling it for, and I still was losing money because I pay, I was paying a lot in shipping or relatively a lot, I guess, but whatever I paid in shipping basically ate my profit. So I was losing money or making $0, you know, um, but just fast forward a little bit to this, you know, to, to what I'm telling you now is, um, yeah, so I started seeing success on eBay and margins were amazing on this one particular brand. Okay. This brand has hundreds of products. Um, and they're in there in a, in a specific niche. Okay. And they're in a specific niche and they have a hundred, hundreds of these products. So I'm basically just trying to like on Amazon, pretty much what you're doing is if you're not creating your own listings, if you're not doing your own thing, your own brand, you're basically copying other people, right? You're looking for products that sell and selling them with other people. So you're just copying and you're not really doing much. You're not creating any listings. You don't know how a listing is created. I don't, I still don't know how, how to create a listing on Amazon. I still don't know. You know, you, you would think that I would, or I should, but most Amazon sellers who are just copying, doing retail arbitrage or wholesale, do not know how to create a listing. And, you know, that's just, that's, that's, Part of the allure of it is you just copy. So I was doing that same thing on eBay, right? So just kind of like, just, okay, so this person, I'm seeing sales for this particular product, so I'm going to buy this product. So whatever I saw sales on, I bought, you know, and, and, and you know, in, in, if I saw sales um, close to the time that I was looking, so not like sales from two months ago, but recent sales, right? I'll just copy. I'll just get it. I'll copy. I'll look at the listings. I'll just, you know, some, many of them were white background, you know, just like on Amazon. Um, but there was this one seller in particular that really intrigued me because uh, they 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 carried quite a bit of skews of this brand. And eventually my goal was to my, my, my goal, like they were the seller that I want to imitate, not, not copy, like, oh, I'm gonna just copy everything they do. But it was like, okay, I want to get to that level, you know, that kind of imitate, you know, I want, I looked up to that particular seller and I dug a little deeper and they were selling on Poshmark and eBay. And I'm almost positive they sell on Amazon. They, they, it's not the same name, but it is, uh, like on eBay and Poshmark, eBay and Poshmark, they had the same pictures. That's how I was able to identify them. But Amazon, you can't identify them. Obviously, it's white background, all that kind of stuff. So just over time, like from, I started, I found out about the company in June. I started buying from them back in like June. And I pretty much just tested a lot of different ideas. Some were good ideas and some were actually bad. So, uh, so the good idea was me copying, you know, just buying whatever the hottest stuff was, the hottest stuff, uh, because on eBay, uh, there weren't that many sellers on eBay of this particular brand. Um, and obviously you're not sharing listings on eBay. So, you know, that's what, that's, that's what I liked originally. It was like, okay, I don't have to share these listings because that same product that I, that uh, the main one that I bought at first was really high margin. I think I was making like, uh, um, I bought the products for like 20, for 23. 
and I was making like almost 20 bucks on a sale. Um, and then, you know, up and down, you know, sometimes it'll be $15 per sale and then 20. But I remember when I bought it, I sold out like a six of them in like, uh, like a weekend. Okay. And, um, all at about 80% profit margin, net profit margin. So I was like, okay. And that same product sells on Amazon for, I'll probably make 20% profit margin on Amazon because they it just, you know, it, it just tanks because there's so many sellers on the listing driving the price down. So I, th- I thought that was interesting, right? Um, and then I, you know, bought some more and then they didn't sell. So I had to go through a whole process of why they didn't sell. And I, I, I've learned some things in that process. But from June all the way up until now, I've been selling this product and I've uh, kind of advanced my strategy in terms of e-commerce because of it. Um, it's in the clothing, clo- it's in the clothing space, clothing and accessories space. It's not actual clothes, but it's in the clothing and accessories space. Um, and Poshmark is great for products like that. eBay obviously is great for products like that. And Macari, not so much, but I learned a whole lot uh, about selling other selling on other platforms, and my strategy is now amongst that, and also um, um, my strategy is amongst that, doing that, and also greater than that. That's actually, and that's actually going to be a. That's uh, oh, my kids and my wife coming. That's the doorbell. But um, um, I'm going to get into that um, later on. A different podcast, maybe. Oh, it's not the wife and kids. It's some deliveries, some Amazon returns. And that's another problem that I have with Amazon. It's just like, you know, they'll damage my products or something like that. And then I have to remove them and get them sent back. I got tons of stuff. I got a whole death pile of stuff that they sent back to me that I have to go through and make sure that um, I get reimbursed for it, right? So I got it's, it's, I don't know, I, I, it's, it's work that I, I don't wanna do and I don't have to do selling on other platforms, you know? So um, <clears throat> I'm not saying FBA is bad or anything like that because I, I, I still am going to do FBA, you know? But anyways, so my whole multi-channel strategy uh, has been developing over the last six months, um, and I actually see more opportunity in being multi-channel um, than being just one one uh, one platform. You know, even if and the thing is here, here's the deal. You know, I've been selling on eBay, Posh, and Macari since February. Okay. I spent a lot of time on all three of those platforms, you know, trying to figure them out, um, just testing different things. And, and, I, and I think that, you know, that's a good thing if you look at it from the perspective of, because um, some, some, people some people are never going to go multi-channel. They're going to stick with just Amazon. And that's fine. You know, like I said, if you're doing side hustle stuff and, you know, and, and you have a job or anything like that, and this is just your part-time money or side money, 
that's great, you know. But if you want to build a business, it's going to have to be, uh, you're going to have to get more control of your business, you know, because Amazon controls your business if you're 100% on Amazon. Um, but anyways, um, so so even if you're, and, and, and people have been doing multi-channel for a little while now, you know, um, but I didn't know anything about that. You know, I didn't know anything about multi-channel. You know, I may have heard about it here and then, but just it, it didn't resonate. Um, but I personally think being multi-channel is going to be the wave of the future for reselling um, because there's something called platform risk, right? Um, platform risk is pretty much if you're exposed too much on one platform and something goes wrong on that platform, your whole business can be altered. But if you're selling on different platforms, things change on one platform. And if you're, if you've been on Amazon, you know, things change all the time. If you've been on eBay, things change all the time. But, uh, the great thing about these other channels like Macari and and Poshmark is they are at a stage right now where they're trying to get more market share. So they're trying to make it more favorable for for sellers, get more people on it. They want to be more appealing, more attractive. So there's different benefits that um, they're going to offer, like low selling fees, you know, easy shipping, you know, and things like that um, to get market share. And then once they, you know, if they ever do get as big as Amazon or or anything like that, um, other Platforms are going to come out and, and, and other platforms are out and are coming out. Other selling platforms is a lot of platforms actually coming out. Um, and that tells you something right there. Like if if it's true that um, Amazon is the wave of the future, why is it that other platforms are popping up on the scene? And there's other platforms that actually have a huge leg in the online selling space. Like, like what's there? I don't, I don't know. You know, that's what, that's what I'm trying to, to understand. And I kind of, I kind of have some ideas and some theories and I think I'm right on some of them, but even though Amazon takes, uh, 50% of the online, online, uh, market share in terms of, you know, activity and sales and things like that, they have 50% of all, of all online sales. I honestly don't believe they're going to go beyond 60%. Because there are some limitations that get in the way of someone seeing being just an Amazon seller a viable option. And, and customers, customers, there's lots of customers who, don't, who do not buy on Amazon. You know, like, uh, for example, I'm really heavy in Poshmark right now. And I sell a lot of stuff that also sell on Amazon, but I sell it on Poshmark for 1.5 to two times more than what it would sell on Amazon. And I make a whole lot more money. My margins are a whole lot better. Uh, Now, the downside is obviously, you know, you do your own shipping and all that kind of stuff. But I'm actually not, I'm not scared of that like I was before. Um, That's not that bad. it, it, It really isn't that bad. When you start talking margin, it's not that bad. Now, that's not to say that I'm never going to go FBA because I do FBA. I still do FBA right now, and I also have an FBA uh, exclusive uh, or 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 partly exclusive deal that I'm gonna uh, that I have right now that I'm that I'm gonna start 
on in January. But my whole aspect of e-commerce is totally different. Like I think e-commerce now. I don't think Amazon anymore. It's e-commerce to me. You know, where can I sell stuff? Not Amazon. Just Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. It's like, okay, this does well here. How do you drive traffic to a website? There's plenty of things that I do on Poshmark. And, I, and Poshmark is going to be very huge for me. It's probably going to take over more of the bulk of my business than Amazon. Um, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, like I said, there's great opportunities on Amazon. I'm I just like, just like how I said on reach or arbitrage where I still do reach or arbitrage, but I'm only looking for the icing on the cake. I'm still going to do wholesale, but I'm only going to look for the icing on the cake. I'm only going to take advantage of the icing on the cake. The icing on the cake is the exclusive deals. The icing on the cake is private label, you know, creating your own products. The icing on the cake is bundling. You know, bundling on Amazon. Those are icings on the cake. And that's all I'm focusing on in terms of wholesale uh, and, and on Amazon, you know. But I'm building a niche. I'm building a brand right now, um, kind, of, kind of like a go-to brand. Because one of the beauties of this brand that I'm working with right now that I sell most of my sales are this, this one particular brand. And it's, it's different. It's it's different than any other situation that I've been in where I've worked with one brand. The major difference is they have many products that are not on Amazon. And the ones that are on Amazon, some of them do really well. And I don't generally sell those products. Um, uh, sometimes I do. A lot of times I do. I sell them on, on Poshmark or Macari for a hell of a lot more probably about 10 to $15 more than what they sell on Amazon. And I have my way of doing that. There's a certain strategy that I use to do that. But uh, some of the products that they have, they, and they, they're constantly uh, coming out with new products too. So there's, const- there's a constant flow of inventory that's not available to uh, the markets that I'm in. There, there, aren't, there isn't anyone doing what I'm doing with this brand on Poshmark. Not saying that there aren't other sellers of this brand on Poshmark, and there are, but there aren't people doing it the way I'm doing it at the scale that I'm doing it. Um, and and um, uh, Poshmark and Macari allow me to kind of build an audience, which that's what I've been doing, is building, uh, I have have a lot of repeat customers, something I'd, I never had before. I have repeat customers, people who buy from me continuously. And then sometimes when they come back the second time, they'll buy three or four or something. You know, I'm, I'm talking about in a short period of time, like I'm like within like a month or two, they'll buy from me again. So, so that's not something you can do on Amazon. And you know, I communicate with a lot of my my, my customers and things like that. Sometimes, you know, you know, just through the app, you know. Um, and and the uh. So I'm, I'm, I'm creating my own lane and my own space. But anyways, I want to get into that on a different podcast where I kind of go dive a little deeper. I kind of gave you a lot of what I what I what I'm doing now. But, um, you know, I just want to I want to spend some time just talking about that so I can kind of get into uh, a flow and 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 and, um, and uh, make it all make sense, I guess you could say. But. Uh, this episode is the truth, you know, I'm gonna call it the truth, uh, because it's, it's, it's about my dark period from, uh, June to, to now, uh, it's, it's been very bad, you know, uh, it could have been better, um, 
I even decided to pick up a job. So I have a part-time job now. Started a couple of days ago. And um, yeah, you know, I have different plans, different ideas, different things going on. But I want to jump on that in the next podcast because, I mean, yeah, right. Like right now, for example, I'm doing about 2,000 in sales a day. You know, right now we're in Q4, December. You know, I've been doing $2,000 in sales since after Thanksgiving, you know, but, you know, it's, it's, it's cool, you know, but, uh, but it's, 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 it's not long-term, you know, uh, it's seasonal stuff. So I'm going to jump into all of that, um, in terms of what my plans are, where I see things going, what I'm doing, that's going to be the next podcast, but I just wanted to fill the gap in real quick. So thank you for tuning in again. And uh, stay positive, stay hustling, and until next time.